let's play a game. Most uh, busy professional people I'm working with now have their heads down, they're working hard, and you know, a little game in the, in, in the middle of their day kind of uh, gives them a little levity. I, I, I can see why Wordle has become so popular. So here's the game. Who am I referring to? Which cohort in the workplace am I talking about? They're soft. They're lazy. They're self-absorbed. They're entitled. Who am I referring to? Welcome to the Real Leadership Podcast. My name is Chris Obst. I've spent the last 25 years going deep with leaders on the real challenges they face, the stuff that keeps them up at night. Are you ready for raw and honest conversations and the reality that self-leadership and personal growth are the keys to you being the leader that you were meant to be? I was working with a leadership team last week um, in a pretty traditional business, and a dynamic came up that I thought, I don't know, I guess I naively thought we were kind of done with. And the dynamic is around the different generations in the workplace. And I can remember 15 to 20 years ago as a consultant doing presentations on the four, at that time there may have been five generations in the workplace. And the dynamics and the differences between a golden ager and a baby boomer and a Gen X. And it was interesting because I hadn't thought about it in a while. And, you know, partly because I'm not leading and managing a team of my own. And it feels like there's been bigger things on people's minds, but that dynamic's alive and well, and, and, or at least alive. (laughs) I, I don't know if it's well. So most organizations I'm working with now, there's some flavor of, there's a war for talent. Chris, you, you don't understand. We just can't keep good people. We can't attract good people. Um, that's our biggest concern. And so I was working with this group, and there was an all-star on this team who was much younger than everyone else. So th- this guy was in his late 20s working with people that were you know, 10, 15, 20 years older than him. And... You know, I I kind of said somewhere along the way, you know, you could lose him, right? You you know, you're trying to find more of him and you could lose him. And everyone looked at me like, yeah, I understand. And what I was referring to is this is someone with a different set of values. This is someone that's looking for something different out of his life and his career than the people that are leading him the people that he's reporting to right now. And so I want to talk a little bit about this idea of generations in the workplace. It'll be mainly focused on, say, millennials. You, you know, the uh, I think, sadly, I'm, I'm at the upper end of, of the age group in the workplace now. Is a, I'm an early boomer, the earliest year of a boomer. Um, so, you know, there's, there's different scales. The, the, the one that, that I've most recently looked at puts uh, the baby boomers at people that are currently, you know, 58 to 67 years old, the Gen Xers as people who are 42 to 57, Uh, the millennials or Gen Y are 26 to 41 years of age, and then the Gen Zs, the, the youngest cohort in the workplace now at 10 to 25 years old. What I think is less important is the label that we attach to, um, the generation or 
the generation that you identify with. I think what's most important for leadership is to understand that there's people in the workplace that think differently, they have different values, they have different goals than the ones that you have, and maybe more importantly than the ones you had when you came into the workplace. So sadly, I am still hearing, and, and here, play along with me. If I said, oh my God, they are so soft. Everybody wants a ribbon. They're lazy. They're entitled. Who am I talking about? Now, the boomers and Gen Xer leaders and managers that I talk to still refer to the millennials and, you know, and some of the Gen Z, so the newer, the younger people in the workplace as entitled and lazy and self-centered. And it's really interesting to me because I've had a chance, you know, I had a 10-year run of working with millennials. It was a project that a big accounting firm was doing and I worked with about 10 of them uh, for four or five days on helping them make sense of their work life, their career. And it really debunked for me a lot of the um, stereotypes or myths around millennials. And, you know, I have, um, I have two adult children, you know, one's a millennial and one's a, a Gen Z. And so, you know, I've got my eye on the differences and I interact with them and their friends. There's definitely differences. However, I think the attributes that were hanging on them, like being lazy, entitled and soft are completely unfair. So... What I wanted to focus on is what is it that these younger generations want out of the workplace? And as you're hearing me describe it, be honest with yourself about the reaction you're having. Because this is one of the challenges is that it's hard to really empathize and appreciate and understand someone else if you, if you haven't walked in their shoes and you've only walked in your shoes. And if you haven't done a lot of self-reflection, where your stories come from, where your messaging comes from, it's really easy to assume, well, that's the only way. So here's some things that, that I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying. And again, I, I want to acknowledge that I'm not an expert on all the things that make up a millennial or a Gen Z. But I have been around enough leaders and enough organizations to share this. What these younger generations want from us older folks, if you will, so that what they want from Gen Xers and Boomers is leadership. And what they want from leadership is different. Like when I entered the workplace, we didn't think about leadership. You were happy to have a job and you were doing to do what you were told. And you were raised, most of us were raised that said, if you work hard, you will get recognized and promoted and your company will take care of you. And, you know, the reality for these younger generations is, is they've seen that not play out. They've seen that with their parents not exactly play out. So they're questioning things and they should be questioning things. So when I hear things like, oh, they're just, they're so focused. They want to, they want to go play softball and yoga and instead of staying at work. And I listen to it and I go, oh, okay. So you mean they want to have a life? They want to have a life away from their job. How dare they? <laughs> right? We didn't think to ask that. We were happy to be working and, and put our heads down and just, you know, be a good soldier and try and get promoted. And again, I, I, I should have, you know, sort of prefaced this. I'm going to talk in general terms. I know that not all boomers sound like me and not all Gen Xers 
uh, sound like so-and-so, and I know that not all millennials are the same. So what are these younger generations looking for? They want honest leadership. They want open, transparent leadership. They can be inspired. I've seen it. I've seen the eyes of millennials light up when you inspire them with honesty, with positive energy, with vulnerability, with realness. They're just tired of BS. They're tired of fake leaders who hide behind a title. They can be very loyal. They just want something to believe in. And yes, there's some different things on their radar that weren't on our radar. They want environmental and social governance. They're looking for fairness in the workplace. This is a good thing. These are, these are the humans that we're raising, and they're paying attention to things like equity and fairness and our environment. We should be thrilled to have people in the workplace that are thinking that way. And it doesn't mean that we throw out all the traditions that we were raised with or, or some of the solid foundational pieces of what built our leadership and our organizations. But I think it's fair to take a step back and have a look and maybe scrutinize some of the things. So this idea of being entitled, I think what that comes from is they want to matter. They want to know where they fit into the workplace. So when I say they, I'm referring to the younger generations. And I understand that many of my listeners fall into this category. And I will invite everyone from any generation to reach out to me to continue this conversation. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not on a soapbox saying uh, this is the absolute and you bad boomers must start paying attention to those poor understood millennials. That's not where I'm coming from. I am, however, wanting to challenge you to challenge some of your thinking around this, whichever generation you're in. So it works the same way if you're a millennial or a Gen Z and you say, well, all boomers are afraid of technology. Well, that's not necessarily true. We're certainly not as comfortable with it. We don't pick it up as quickly as um, the younger generations. You know, I was talking to a colleague this morning who's, so I would be the, I'm the youngest boomer or the oldest Gen X. And this colleague is, is more of a, a mid to older Gen X. And he was explaining that, well, we're actually, we're, we're the true hybrid generation. We're the, we're the last generation that grew up analog and then in our careers and lives switched over to digital. So we're kind of like the bridge and we can, we can appreciate and understand the two worlds. And sometimes there's some tension built in tension. Whereas if you're a, you're a Gen Z, chances are your first phone was a cell phone. And so your world has been digital from the get-go. Anyway, these pieces that the younger generations are looking for, they want their leaders to be ethical, meaning do the right thing. How horrible, like what a horrible request to want the people that are leading you and your colleagues to be ethical in their behavior and their attitudes. You know what's interesting? They don't need us to be perfect. And you know, I, I've gone through a journey the last couple of years with my adult children. And, and as I'm reflecting on my world and the changes in it, I've acknowledged mistakes that I made as a parent. And some of the mistakes I made were we're never acknowledging mistakes or acknowledging vulnerability that I was scared or I didn't know what to do or got it wrong. And it's interesting to watch the reaction in my adult children when I acknowledge them that to them now. 
is they, they actually look at me with more respect and more love than I probably got back then when I was trying to be it all and do it all. So I see this translating into the workplace. When Gen X or boomer leaders show true vulnerability to the younger generations, they actually believe in us more. They can get behind that. They can get behind someone says, hey, I actually don't know the answer. So it's like leadership in general. We could throw out the whole conversation about the generation. Say, well, what do, you, what do people want from a leader? Well, they want strength and courage, right? They want grit, but they also want honesty and vulnerability. And they want to see your human side. You know, we know that um, millennials value teamwork. They want to they wanna be part of something. Well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> what's wrong with having a group of people that want enough information to be successful? They want enough autonomy to run with something. They want to make a difference. They want to know where they fit into the big picture. So what that means is we just need to share more. And I think that's one of the built-in challenges if you're a Gen X or, or boomer leader is that you weren't quote unquote raised in the workplace getting a lot of information. You, you were not... You didn't feel justified in asking too many questions and you just took whatever, whatever information was shared with you. So in, in a way, maybe you were starved of information. And these younger generations are saying, no, engage me, tell me. They want opportunities to learn. They want to grow and they want to be challenged. They don't want to do it all on their own. And I think that's one of the misconceptions and one of the fears that we feel when we feel all this pressure from the younger generations in the workplace is that they're asking me to be someone I can't. Well, maybe they're just asking you to be a truer version of yourself. And how liberating would that be for you to be actually a more honest, real version of yourself and know that that was actually the path to engaging them and lighting them up and helping them follow. This whole idea of, of the, um, you know, they're needy, they want, they need a lot of coddling. That's really stemmed from, they want to know they matter. We know this, and I, I say this probably five times a week in my coaching and consulting speaking work, is all humans have a need to feel valued. Not a preference, not a desire, but a deep need to feel valued. And the younger generations in the workplace really want that. They want to feel like they matter. They want to know that you care about their well-being. And it doesn't mean that everything has to be perfect. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about sharing more information, inviting them into the conversation to say, okay, what's, what's going to work for you? What, what do you need to be inspired? What do you need to be effective? One of the interesting things with the pandemic is it, it changed and challenged a lot of the norms of how we typically work. So if you're in a traditional business where, you know, work looked like a place you went to from roughly eight to five, we saw that change. We saw that maybe work isn't the destination. It isn't a building, but it's about moving something from point A to point B, moving the needle on a project. I think that's a good thing. I think we, we are now recognizing, you know, I talk to clients every week who are explaining, Chris, I used to spend three hours in traffic every day, and now I'm not. So we had an external force like the pandemic demand from us that we change how we work. 
Okay, so there's some good that came with that, and we're also recognizing there's some challenges like this face-to-face contact, and I had the pleasure last week and the week before of being in a room with humans face-to-face, and goddamn, I missed it. And, it. and it was so much more impactful than being in front of my computer screen talking to people. And I know that that, that dynamic, that um, model, the hybrid model of I will do some work digitally in front of my computer screen, because it's really cost-effective, it saves a lot on travel and wear and tear, and um, you can reach a lot of people. And then there will be opportunities to, to work face-to-face, right? But what got me thinking is that, okay, so we were forced to change and some good that came out of it. So what if we were to open up our minds? And again, what I'm saying we as the, the more senior leaders in organizations. What if we were truly willing to put aside some of the th- comfort zones we have, some of the stories we tell ourselves about wh- what work is supposed to look like, what employees are supposed to act like and sound like? and just truly open it up. I really think it's about having conversations. I I, I really, if my hope for this podcast is not that you go back and put everyone in a box, including yourself, but just to say, okay, what are some of the built-in tensions here that come from the different generations in the workforce? And where's the opportunity to upgrade it? And it always comes back to conversations. So what if you were to be open and honest and, and, and sit down with that, that younger generation and say, hey, I don't know if, if we've done you a service here. I don't know that we've really given you a chance to share your voice. And ask them what really matters to them and what does better look like. And resist the urge to tell them, well, we can't do that because, or we've never done that, or that's just not our business, or you don't understand. Just really be open, sit with it for a while, try it on, and see what comes out of it. The organizations that are doing this well have the senior people who are in leadership roles developing the younger generations into the next generation of leaders, and they're going to lead in a different way. And it doesn't mean that they won't respect or hang on to the good that we as the elder leaders bring in. Do you need coaching or training for your team? Connect with Chris for a 30-minute conversation. Visit chrisobst.com or send him an email, chris at chrisobst.com. Work ethic, right? Well, work ethic doesn't mean you need to be a workaholic. In fact, that's one of the dynamics in a lot of the organizations I'm working with is when the most senior people, you know, they're, they're, they're having great programs saying, oh, we want you to have work-life balance and take care of your health. But none of the most senior people are doing it. I was having a conversation with a a client the other day about this leadership development program and this topic of work-life balance kept coming up and it was kind of new for this client. And so in digging further, I was just asking her, like, "What's, what's going on there? Why do you think it's an issue? And she said, well, because everyone talks about it, but the most senior leaders aren't doing it. So the behavior, really, the behavior of the senior leaders dictates how they want you to roll. So they can say, well, we want you to have work-life balance, and yet they don't see anyone on the senior leadership team exhibiting it. So I think it's an opportunity for us to question and explore how we're doing things. I wanna challenge you to just look at your own mindset, your own attitude, your own traditions and practices. I mean, obviously you can keep doing what you're doing, Most of the people I work with are successful. And if you're sitting here listening, going, Chris, well, you know what? I got this far and I'm a senior vice president in a big company. So 
I'm obviously doing something right. Yeah, you likely are. And you're probably leaving money on the table. And are you really engaging the hearts and minds of the future leaders in your organization? I believe it's on us as the senior generations in the organization to explore a change in mindset. Because guess what? The next generations that are entering the workforce are not going to change. And we need them. (laughs) Every organization I'm talking to says we need people. We need more people. We need more young people. We need to attract more. We need to keep more. Well, there it is. So why not start the conversation? So if this topic has your attention at all, and again, again, I'm not coming from a place of I'm an expert on all things generational in the workplace, but it, it was interesting to me that this dynamic is still popping up, especially at a time when we're all organizations are looking for engagement and keeping people and more people. So if it did get your attention and you're wondering what you can do with it, a couple things. So speaking to the elder generations in the workplace, so whether you're a Gen X or a boomer, is to arrange a time to start the conversation with the younger generations and ask them, like really, really create a space for them to open up and ask, even ask them, what are we missing? What, what don't we get, right? You're not promising to change everything about their workplace or their job, but come from a place of curiosity. From their perspective, what would better look like? I would say the next step is once you have that information is to sit back with yourself. And as you kind of review what they've said, asked for, wish for, uh, given you feedback on, just notice your own reaction. Because there likely will be things that you're going to, well, that's just crazy. I mean, who, this is the workplace. You know, catch yourself in the act of being yourself. And then question, what are the stories that you're telling yourself around this? What are the stories that are keeping you from truly being open-minded and trying something on? Like, could this be better? And where could this lead us? And then the, the third step, and I think we, we miss this a lot, is to f- sit with your peers we used to call them cronies. You know the people that talk like you and look like you and sound like you? The ones that you gather around and say, oh, can you believe those millennials? Oh, what an indulged, entitled bunch, right? Sit with those folks and bring that challenge to them. Say, okay, well, here's some information I got. Here's the stories that I realized I was telling myself around it. And have a conversation with that cohort. Because it's a really comfortable place to go back to the people that that look like you and sound like you and complain about those that don't. Part of the beauty of having different generations in the workplace is the diversity it brings. Diversity in thought and mindset and attitude. So when you start talking to your peers about it and maybe make an agreement that, okay, we can't perpetuate these stereotypes. It doesn't mean you suffer fools. If if someone's a bad performer, they're a bad performer and you need to take action but this is really about opening up your mind. Now, I realize that I've spent most of this podcast sort of talking at the, the senior people, the, the boomers and Gen X leaders in the organization. If you are a, a millennial or a Gen Z and you're listening to this, I want to challenge you too. first of all, to understand that the people that 
you're reporting to, the elder generations, they kind of got to where they got to honestly. They, you know, we all, <laughs> we're always doing our best with what we've got. So in a way I'm saying judge lightly, but keep challenging them. So, that, so there's, this, there's this fine line of, you know, show respect that, yeah, they kind of think differently than us. Of course they did. We grew up at a different time. But don't let us off the hook. Challenge us. Tell us why, right? Because I'm, when I see this working really well, there's some really cool things that happen. When the older generations are inspiring the younger generations, when there's this exchange of information, I mean, just the, um, you know, watching the younger generations help the older generations with technology, it's kind of a funny, like overplayed thing in, in media, but it, it's true. So there's, if, if we're truly collaborating, there's some really amazing things that can happen in teams and in organizations. And leaders still need to lead, but it may look, sound, or feel different than leadership did when you entered the workforce. Anyway, I hope that um, 20 years from now, that when somebody's um, in a session with a team, that this isn't a conversation, that we've learned truly to embrace diversity of all kind, and um, that all leaders, as part of their regular practice, say, okay, I know I do what I do. now, why would it be worth it to me explore doing it differently? Like everything else that I talk about, it starts with a conversation. So wherever you fit in the leadership chain in your organization, whichever generation you're with, show up at work with an open mind, an open heart, and have the courage to have a conversation. Well, I wanted to thank everybody for joining me. Uh, not just today, but um, for downloading and listening to the podcast that's been out for, I guess, by the time you hear this episode, maybe a couple months. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a really exciting journey so far. As most of you know, it's uh, something that was outside my comfort zone, something I was uh, avoiding doing. And, and now that I'm doing it, I'm really enjoying it. And, and you know, one of the things I really appreciate is, is people reaching out to me. Uh, I'm getting lots of emails and messages on social media, people coming up to me in person and and saying, hey, I listened to your podcast on managing energy and that really resonated or, oh, that that thing about the horses, I didn't understand it, but that that makes a lot of sense. So, um, you know, that's like fuel for me, that that feedback that um, what I'm doing is actually resonating. So I wanted to to thank you for all all for uh, supporting me and, and showing an interest and, you know, passing it on to your friends and colleagues. So. Yeah, a lot of gratitude coming your way. The Real Leadership Podcast is produced by Chris Obst Leadership and Alive Creative Services. Thank you for listening.